my whole life. He has been faithful. I can tell you a, a little story. Some of you may know. Some of you may not. But at the ripe old age of three, I was a little bit hard-headed and stubborn. If anybody can ever believe that about me. Probably not, right? When my mom told me not to do something, <clears throat> I obeyed every time until she turned her back. <laughs> told me not to climb a marble statue in the middle of a mall in Michigan. Yeah. I was going to, whether she wanted me to or not, climb to the very, very top. <clears throat> And then I said, I can't get down. She said, you got up there, you can get down. You know how any old toddler wouldn't climb off of something high, they roll on their belly and they scooch down. Well, when I stood up, I fell down, all the way down. And researching, it's a nine foot statue. I'm standing here alive today. <laughs> um, Chidi really didn't think anything happened and took me home while I was screaming. I landed on my right arm. Lived with my grandmother, my mom and me, my brother, and my grandmother was the one that woke me up and got our baths going and everything, and I get up and I start screaming at her, and she's like, okay, this is not like her. I didn't scream at my grandmother. She's an Italian. You don't scream at an Italian grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I screamed and started running in circles, and she goes downstairs and said, there's something really wrong. And when she took me to the emergency room, they cut my clothes off, and my arm was laying just there with a tendon attached, and that was it. And the doctors told her if she, I would have my, moved my arm in the middle of the night, I would have bled to death. God is faithful. Not only am I alive 40-something years later, but I have full access to my arm, which doctors said that I probably would not be able to use. So God is faithful. God is faithful in everything that he does, everything that we go through in life. Sometimes to our own demise, he is still faithful. And I am thankful today that he is. Um, some of you may know, some of you may not know, that I go into very, very big panic mode if something is not going exactly the way that it's supposed to. Today was one of those days. Um, so I prepared for chapel this morning, was not supposed to teach chapel this morning. I wasn't supposed to preach tonight, but evidently God had other plans. Amen. Then I go to read, and I'm trying to figure out, asking the Lord what I'm going to do, and I'm going into Proverbs. I read Proverbs 8, and it's talking about wisdom and, you know, this and that. And so that's what I've been working on for the past several hours is Proverbs chapter 8. And then as we're praising and worshiping, he says, how about you go to Ephesians 6 and 10? 
And I said, okay, so you're really getting me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> so, but he's faithful. He's faithful. Many times um, as JR gets up here and preaches, I often wonder why in the world God would ever call me not to only just be a pastor's wife, but to preach his word. JR preaches with boldness and conviction and power, and it's not of himself, I know that. It's completely and utterly God. And not too long ago, I, pr I was praying, I said, Lord, why? I feel like I have so many broken pieces in my life. Why would you ever use me? This has been me all day, I'm sorry. <laughs> and um, I've been through um, hard times in my life, starting from a young age. God's delivered. I've been through hurtful times in my life, and God has healed. I've been through more broken places in my life, and God has put me back together. I've made huge, monumental mistakes in my life, but yet God restored. So he's faithful. He's faithful. So one of the things that the Lord spoke to me is he goes, um, I've put in you a spirit of deliverance. You've been delivered time and time again. And I want that to be something that the church hears today. If you're bound, he's there to set you free. Think about Paul and Silas in prison, in prison to shackled. And because they, they were faithful to their God, the living God, because they were faithful and even in their hard times and even being bound in shackles and in chains and they lifted up the praises to God, he set them free. I've seen where my son was bound to drugs and alcohol, something he was never even taught. My children were taught the word. My children were taught to love the word. My children were taught to be faithful to the things of God. But yet you have a child that is bound to drugs and alcohol and the ways of this world, and that is tough. But God delivers and he sets free. You have no idea what, what a testimony you are standing up on that platform week after week, month after month, of what a great God we serve. And when we surrender our lives to him, what he can do. If he can take, <laughs> a lot of you don't know um, the things that, I have done, I haven't shared a lot because I'm ashamed. But if God can restore me and he can use me, 
and he can be faithful to me. There's no telling what he can do in your life. And where I'm at right now, and I'm going to get to scripture in a minute, I promise. Where I'm at right now and seeing these kids bound where they're bound in, they're opening big doors to the enemy. And he reminded me in Ephesians 6 and 10 that we have to have the whole armor of God. And I want to read that real quick. Ephesians 6 and 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Don't leave anything out. Not one thing. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He's sneaky. He, can, he, will, he will come up on you and he will deceive you and make, make it look like roses and smelling like good perfume and everything that it all entails. And he will get you bound up quicker than the snap of a finger. He is sly. If we stay in the word and I, I, if we get in the word, we stay in the word, we are faithful to him. We can, we can be conscious of what the enemy is trying to do in our lives personally and in our families and our friends and in this world. We have to stand against the wiles of the devil. This is a big one. Who thinks we're fighting with the person next door? with your spouse, with, <laughs> with a friend, with the checkout lady at the store. Who thinks we're fighting with that person? We're not. The Word of God says we do not f fight or wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, because of all of that, we have to put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all, you have to stand. You got to stand firm. You, you, you got to plant your feet. You can't crouch down. You can't let the, demi, the devil smack you around and think that you, you'll get up and be able to, to stand against him. He's stronger than we are. And if we don't think he is, we're mistaken. He is stronger than we are, even though we can't see him. He's stronger than we are, but not with when the Holy Spirit is in us. I remember a time, I remember a time, and it wasn't too long after I got saved and I was um, going through some different things. I found a corner in my church and I was just lifting up the name of the Lord and he goes, I have given you the power. The word of God tells you this. I have given you the power to tread upon serpents. <laughs> tread upon serpents. Who knows that those little boogers are, are they're the devil himself. <laughs> he has given us power to tread upon serpents tonight. We got to stand, having girded your waist 
with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Truth, which is the word of God. Truth, which is the word of God. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Who knows that there are fiery darts out there and he's aiming straight for you. Straight for your family. Straight for your marriage. Straight for your children. He's headed straight for you. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always. How often are we supposed to pray? Always. With all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance. Perseverance. That's a word today that we don't... Everything is quick. Microwave. I want it right now. Give it to me on a silver platter. <laughs> and yesterday, not today. Perseverance. Think about persevering. Ever think about an, a runner persevering through, the, through a race? Persevere. And supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that, it, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for today. This is your day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Thank you for your word and your leading. Thank you for your strength and your perseverance. Thank you for everything that you're doing in this place right now, Lord God. I pray that your word would go forth in boldness in conviction, and in power, O oh God. It's not through me, but it's through your Spirit, Lord God, that I give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We are in a battle today. We are in a battle for our children. We are in a battle for their own souls. The Word of God tells us that we are to put on the whole armor, but not one time does it tell us that we're ever supposed to take it off. Not one time did he tell us to take off any part of our armor. Helmet of salvation. Who feels saved every day? Hmm. I thought Jared was kind of crazy when he said that the first time. I'm like, you really don't feel saved every day? I'm going to start checking myself. <laughs> Okay, it's true. Who feels saved every day? We get upset. We get angry. We get flustered. I got flustered today. I felt saved, but flustered nonetheless. <laughs> Something completely out of my comfort zone. How, do you, how many of you know that that's how he can use you the most? It's not, it's not me. None of this is me. But I know that we're in a battle for our children. It grieves me to see our children being 
deceived and being drawn into a world today that I don't even recognize. I don't, I remember going out and playing in the streets until it was dark outside. You can't do that with our children anymore. I, granted, shoot, you want, want to want, know what I watched growing up. It was horrible. My mom didn't care. She let me watch anything I wanted to. That's not a good idea. I had nightmares. On, I have nightmares. Granted, when I got saved, the Lord did such a work in me because I can remember time after time after time again being woke up, being tormented and not knowing what was going on or even why. But when the Lord came in, when he, he, he clothed my mind with the things of his, of his word, our children are being tormented and, they're, and, and we're allowing them to do it. We've got to stop. It's okay to, to pick and choose what they watch and what they don't watch. I'll tell you, I was watching TV not too long ago, well, a couple days ago, actually, and um, it was just, it was on Peacock, you know, stream, we don't buy cable, because, you know, it's so expensive, anyway, and it was the first time about a week or so ago that I was exposed to what Five Nights of Freddy looks like. I will tell you, I was mortified mortified because kids are watching it kids are are reading it they're i mean let me ask you a question when you when you read his word when you what do you remember when you're going through things you're remembering the word what you put in is what's going to come out what you feast your mind on is what you're going to continuously be replaying on a continual basis. We have to be careful about what we put in our kids' minds. It, it changes us and how we view the world and how we view other people. I remember, and I didn't even notice it, I, I love law shows. I, I won't even, I, I do. When I was growing up, I wanted to be a lawyer or a doctor. Weird, two way different ends of the spectrum. But I, I was, um, I watched Law and Order. I used to watch it all the time. And I watched all of them, you know, Law and Order, Criminal Intent, Law and Order, the original, Law and Order, SVU, yes. And really odd, Criminal Intent and SVU were by far my favorite, right? And now, granted, I've been watching them for 20 plus years. And it wasn't until JR and I got together and he's like, you realize that your attitude completely changes when you sit there and watch that TV show. He goes, your face is distorted and it's angry. And it's, he goes, and then I, I say something to you and you're like, eh, you know, bop my head off. <laughs> Don't tell him I admitted that to you. <laughs> you can bleep that out anytime if this is being live streamed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it, it changes. So if we're allowing our kids to watch and especially, you know, streaming things, we binge, how many of us binge watch? Binge watch this stuff that is getting into their spirit. 
and into who they are and into how they treat people and into how they view themselves. We have to be careful about what we allow our kids and even ourselves to feast on. We have to, it tells us we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Let me ask you something. If we fight against that, and if we are coming against that all the time, every day, and we're having to stand and stand firm and stand bold, why are we feeding this to our children when now they are having to now fight it in their sleep? They got no chance. They have no chance. We have to be bold and say it's okay. I, I let my kids, no, I told you my mom let me watch anything I, I ever wanted to, right? Anything. I didn't let my children go to my mom's for that very purpose. She would let my children watch whatever. I'm, and I had mentioned to her before about, you know, I monitor what my kids watch on TV. And she's like, why would you do that? I said, be cause that's my job and she was saved and then you go to my dad's which my kids did go to and would spend a week and my dad not saved doesn't believe in the lord would ask me what do you allow what do you allow your kids to watch? What do you allow them to eat? What do you how much time do you allow them to watch TV? How much if I can have my dad that doesn't know the Lord be that conscientious of how I'm raising them and what I'm doing. I had, we have to stand bold for our children. This is what they can and cannot do. Please don't allow it. Yes, I got that. Your kid, how many, how many of us have had kids that have come against what we've told them to do? All of our kids have said, okay, that, that's great. I, I agree and I'll, I'll do it. Nobody's? Yeah, mine neither. Mine neither. But if the Word of God is telling us to stand bold for Him and against principalities and powers in this dark world, why can't we stand bold for our children? I don't want to. Please don't make me. No, you're going to do it. I don't want to. Okay, go ahead. You, you can. Watch, watch an hour more. Bedtime's at 8. It, oh, it's 10 o'clock. No. You're giving, we're giving in to our children and allowing them to run. Our, who wants to give over their authority to their child? Nobody? Yeah, me neither. But that's what we, that's what we do. We give over that authority when we allow them to talk us into doing something or out of saying, no, you're going to do this. Hmm. We can go back to wisdom. Where does wisdom come from? I thought that, you know, any, you know, the Lord, the, the word of God tells us that we are to actually, if you don't have wisdom, he tells us to ask for it. And he will give it to us liberally, right? Where do we get wisdom from? Where do we get? We get it from the word of God. This, this is where wisdom comes. And it's the proper application of knowledge. 
once we learn this, we can apply it, and therefore now we've become wise, right? Right. Breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Think about when you're when you're when you're talking about armor. Who has to put on armor and who has to fight? We have we have military men and women all over that if they don't apply their armor correctly, what happens? They get shot and they get killed, right? And that's physically. If we don't put on our armor, what's going to happen to the child of God? We're going to spiritually die. So when do we put on this armor? Every day. Well, it's supposed to be, we don't ever take it off. We make sure that we, when we walk out the door, we hadn't left anything or anything behind. We have to come prepared for the fight. Military people are trained every, all the time. They go, they go for basic training weeks and weeks at a time. They go for a drill, and you're, you're going to continue to learn the tactics of the enemy so that you can properly fight in the heat of battle. If we, how, how are we going to learn that? We're going to learn it by getting in his word, spending time with him, communing with him, having a relationship with him. If we don't know how to fight, if we don't, we don't apply it properly, we will spiritually die. If, if we don't, if, if the military have to go weeks and weeks on end and they eat, breathe, sleep, and do it all over again to learn how to fight, what do we have to do? We can't take a day off. And then they have, to, they have to go find the new tactics that the enemy's coming up with. And they have to, to learn new ways to fight. And then they have to stand on guard. Well, we have to do the same thing or we die. Right? Who wa- we've got to stay in this word. We've got to stay geared up. We've, we've, we've got to eat, drink, sleep, and do it all over again. And we've got to teach our children to do the same. Because they're going out into this world, if they are not prepared for the fight, what will our children do? They will die. Do you want to see, do you want to see your child bound and, and shackles and in chains and they don't know how to get out of those? We have to equip them. Eat, sleep, and repeat. Eat, sleep, and repeat. I, I, I I remember when, when the, our boys, well, Sha too, when they, were, when they were younger, every night before bed, and my kids went to bed at 8.30, so supper's at 6, bath, love, hug, kiss, we're about to go to sleep, so we're gonna, we are going to read the Word and we are going to pray together. Who knows that every child just absolutely loves to sit there and go, okay, it's time for devotionals, let's get this done. No. How many times did I fight my children and say, no, do you, if my son was not prepared, if I did not equip him with the word of God and know where he was, how he could get out of the mess that he was in or who to call on, my son 
would probably be dead today. You know what, Duel? You probably would too. You would be dead today. If we don't equip our children, my, my, son, my, my son went to jail. Every jailhouse preacher would come in and say, son, what can I be praying with you about? Let me read some scripture to you. And my, my son would quote it back to him. He's like, dude, what are you doing here? I don't know. I can't get out of this. He goes, you know what? <laughs> you know what it is to get out of it. You have to surrender to him. What, you know what to do. But he will stand here and tell you today, if I wouldn't have equipped him, if I wouldn't shown him, showed him how to be faithful, if I wouldn't shown him how to, how to be prepared and girded up and standing firm and being bold, he wouldn't know where to turn. And I would probably have a funeral, and he's only 30 years old. We can't let our kids go like that. We've got to get back in the Word. I can't let my grandbabies those are precious little boys that they are, are relying on me and their parents to prepare them for this world because they aren't fighting against flesh and blood, but they're fighting against principalities and darkness of this evil world. And trust me, they will get exposed to it, whether now or later. We have to prepare them to get out into this world. I, I'm, you know, I, God called me to, admit, to be an administrator to a school that I absolutely love those kids and to see them struggle and the things that they struggle in absolutely breaks me every day. I wouldn't send my child to a public school. And I'd already told my grandbabies will not over my dead body. You better shoot me dead. I'm sorry. Schools aren't like what they used to be. They just aren't. They are quick. We have to. The, our kids will be out there. Our kids will be in a workplace. They will be, they will go to college or they will go here, there, and everywhere. And if they are not equipped for the fight, our children will die. I don't want to lose a generation of our children because we are failing to equip them in putting on the whole armor of God. If we have to do it, if, if the, the people back in the if Paul had to do it, I admire him. How many of you admire that man? He was told, I'm, I'm like stuck on that in Acts 9. It was... I think the first two weeks of school, and and I think Kat was preaching. It wasn't something she was preaching on. She used the scripture in Acts nine, but I found a different. The Lord got me into a different nugget, and I was like, "Oh wow, that's something," because I have poor pitiful me parties. Anybody else? Poor pitiful me parties. But let me tell you, Paul was told everything. He was told absolutely everything that he would go through, that he would be beaten, that he would be stoned, that he would be imprisoned. He, he was told everything, and what did Paul do? He immediately went and preached the gospel. 
And we, we don't have it anywhere near what Paul had. But God is, the Word of God is telling us that we have to be equipped with the whole armor of God. Do you think Paul went out without, the, without it? He didn't. He couldn't have. He wouldn't have survived. Fiery darts. They're coming. That was that scripture about. Oh, it's another one. Oh, gosh. Okay, Holy Spirit, what's that scripture on? Uh, oh, I can't, it's not coming to my brain. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Yes, it was never said that weapons would not be formed. They just said that they wouldn't prosper. We have to be prepared. The only way to be prepared for this world that we're living in, only way to prepare our kids for this world that we're living in, is through the Word of God. Teach them. Equip them. Can I, t can I tell you something without anybody wanting to stone me? I tell somebody. I'm not being, well, maybe I was. Pray that the Lord forgives me if I was being judgmental, because I probably was. I don't know. Anyway, um, when my kids were little and coming to church, I was very fortunate with them. They never whined. They never bucked. They never screamed. They never pleaded. They never, you know, tried to bribe me to say, oh, I'm not coming to church. I was very, very fortunate. Um, Brandon thought he was going to win the world when he was four. Um, he wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. But um, I was very fortunate with my kids. And this may sound harsh, and I'm going to apologize. And I'll maybe, I don't know. I walked in one day. Kids were about 13 years old. Well, Brandon was. Brandon was 13. Corey was 10. So that made Shaw 3. So I got all three kids ready for for church, actually Sunday school. All went to Sunday school, all came to church. And I saw this lady, and she had a son the same age as Brandon. And I said, hey, where's so-and-so at? Is he sick? No. I'm like, oh, well, well, then where is he? Oh, he just didn't want to get out of bed this morning. Mm. So I'm like, okay. And I left, and I sat there and said to myself, what makes you think that your salvation is more important than his? You got yourself up out of bed to come to church, to hear the word of God, for God to bless you, for God to empower you, for God to equip you, for God to, you know, for you to pray for whomever is going through any kind of need. You came to seek a blessing from God today, but what about your child? He got left at home. And granted, he wanted to be, but to me that spoke of your salvation your blessing, your relationship with God is way more important than your sons at 13 that needed you to say, you know what, you're getting out of bed. I'm sorry you stayed up till 2 o'clock in the morning playing your video games. This is Sunday, and this is what we do. Um, 
I know, like I said, I was very fortunate with the boys and with Shaw. I just think kids need to be here. For if anything else, they need to hear the word. If anything else, they need to feel the spirit of the, of the living God move. If anything else, that they'll... Here's the funny thing. You, you know, kids, kids can... I can't. And Jared will tell you, I can't hear... Whitney, if you're talking to me, I won't hear if Miss Peggy is talking to me at all. I can hear her voice. I can't hear a word she said. That I don't know how anybody else does it. But you know, kids can do that. Kids can. So even though that they may not, you know, they're like, they're getting it. At least a nugget or two, and if not more. So bringing them, even with the kicking and the screaming, because it's our job to equip these kids to be able to stand, stand therefore, because we have, we are in the evil days. We have to be able to stand. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor. That means all of it, all of it. I'll go back through them, see if I can find them. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Darkness of this age, stand therefore, girded with your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always. We have to be praying. We have to be seeking God. We have to be. We have to be. In, in, in our regular speech and in the spirit, we've got to intercede on behalf of our children. On behalf, I've got parents that aren't saved. I've got, my grandparents are gone, but I have a brother that, that's not saved, that's living, that's married to an, to an atheist. My brother was raised in church until he, he was about 14 years old. I've got stepbrothers and sisters that aren't saved. I have, a, I have a friend that was raised in church in the thick of it and is a professed atheist. I've got people that we need to be standing in the gap for, and I, I'm, I'm sure everybody else here does the same. We have to be praying. If we're not praying, they're dying. They're dying. If we're not praying, guess what? So are we. So are we. Here's a nugget that I'm going to leave you with. I'm, gonna, I'm not as chatty as JR. But I hope he gave you something to not, but thank you. Here's something. If you're going to reproduce truth... Your loins need to be girded with truth. If you're going to reproduce truth, your loins need to be girded with truth. You must stand in truth. Your mind must be protected. Your mind must be protected. That's the enemy's battleground. What's the word of God where it says that think on things that are true and lovely? I don't know the rest of it. What is it, Matt? Honesty. 
good report, virtue. I'll tell you one little nugget before I leave, and it's about the mind. And it's true, the mind is the, is the enemy's playground. If we, if we don't have the word to go back to, because this is right after I got saved, literally. I remember, I remember when I was a little girl in church and um, the songs, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I just got saved, so I didn't really know the word of God. I was raised until I was 13. I don't remember ever seeing the spirit of God move the way that I've seen the spirit of God move as an adult. Um, but I remember bits and pieces of being in church. But I do remember the, the song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know. And right after I got saved, I was at work. And all these thoughts would keep going. And most of it is, you're worthless. Nobody really wants you. You won't amount to anything. Um, all the fun little things that the enemy likes to, you know, throw at you and use. Lies. And the only thing I could ever do was sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Now, remember going to church that night in my past. I went to the altar because it was just, it was constant bombardment, and I didn't understand it. And he said, Heather, what are you here to pray for? I said, I just want it all to stop. I just want all the, the negative to stop. I can't do it anymore. I said, the only thing I can say when it comes to me is Jesus loves me, this I know. And I don't know if he really didn't um, understand what I was going through or if he was still kind of a young pastor um, and knowing what to do. But at that time, he didn't tell me to equip myself with the Word of God. He went in a different direction that won't benefit anything right now, but if he had, at that time, I would have been able to go back and prepare myself, equip myself, be in the Word quicker, um, praying sooner than when I started. We've got to equip ourselves. We got to shut down the lies of the enemy. We got to put on the helmet of salvation that protects right here. We got to get in the Word. We got to eat, breathe, sleep, and repeat and do it all over again. And we got to be praying. And I'm talking to myself. I used to love to pray. When we moved to this new house, my prayer literally, my prayer time was literally in my closet. <laughs> Shut the door. 
me and JR were in an argument and I went in there to shut it. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I said, this is, this is where I find peace. This is just where I need to be. And he lay down in there with me. Granted, it's not that big. He's 6'3". <laughs> but we've got to find a place. And we've got to get in prayer. Don't let the enemy steal that. Because he's here to steal, kill, and destroy. And he will steal your time. I am finding he will steal my time quicker than anything. Because my time is precious to find that moment of prayer. We've got to do it. We've got to lift them all up. Lord Jesus, I'm just thankful for you. I'm thankful for your spirit. Thank you for who you are. I'm thankful that you use me. I'm thankful, Lord God, that you're faithful. And I want to be just as faithful to you, Lord, as you are to me. Lord God, forgive me of my shortcomings. Lord God, bless those that are here tonight, oh God. That, Father God, that they would have an urgency to prepare and to equip their families for this day that we are living in, oh God. That they would take up the whole armor of God. That, Lord Jesus, they would get in the battle and they would, would allow the you to use them as, we, as the war is being raged for our family members, for our loved ones, and for those that we come in contact with, Lord. I pray that, Father God, that you would go with them this week, Lord, empower them and equip them, Lord Jesus, and bless them as they come and as they go. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.